Hi, guys, and welcome to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll just do the quick intro. So make sure you like, like and subscribe uh, for anyone listening. You know, if you've been enjoying the podcast, you know, stay up to date, get notifications, click the little bell, follow us on all the platforms, Design on Purpose on Instagram and uh, TikTok. And TikTok. So anyway, welcome to the show, Hannah <laughs> Darling. <laughs> uh, we had an amazing time seeing you perform last night. Well, thank you. Yeah, that was amazing. It was amazing. It was just like hours of just spine tingling moments <laughs> of hearing you, those amazing songs you've written. Thank you. It was epic. I had a lot of fun too, as you could probably tell. Yeah. yeah. Pinging on the stage. <laughs> so good. It's the most amazing thing in the world to – um. Yeah, I mean, I said it a million times last night, but to uh, show up in a setting like that and to be like looking over a crowd of people who have like exchanged their hard energy money to come and see you. It's mm. like there's something in it that's really special. I think because like, yeah, I don't know, even when we were booking that show, the lady that owned the Citadel was like, oh, $50 is a lot for a ticket. And I was just like, no. That's what it's worth. And we're doing it. Yeah. And it was like the coolest thing to just like stand in that power of like, no, fuck that. Money's just so energetic and I'm putting heaps of energy into this. And like, I don't know, there was like a real feeling of like reciprocity last night that I haven't felt at gigs before, mm. which was really nice. Um, so, yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah, it was great. And it was different to when we – because we saw you play at the uh, gallery that time. Mm. So, yeah, like I could feel that too. It was a different – because you're, you're creating that space. You're creating that environment. So yeah, it's definitely different walking in there. And what, what an amazing venue, the Citadel. Oh, my God. I, we are so lucky in a small town like Moolambar. Like to have something like the Citadel, something like the Regent Theatre. Like amazing. It's pretty wild. Those places are like world class. Like when you think about – it's something in the music industry that I feel like we have a real problem with in Australia in that we've got – you can play at a shit pub and have like a rowdy crowd and no one's listening to you mm. or you're mega famous and you have to sell out like the Enmore or something huge that like for somebody like me at this point in time is unachievable. So I'm like, fuck the pub. I don't really want to play at the pub. I've done that. No. Can't play at the Enmore yet. And there's so few like middle ground venues that you can find in Australia. Unless you live in Merbar. Unless you live in Moolumbar, which <laughs> yeah. is wild, you know. It's, it's Yeah, well, the, the building itself is really special. Like just walking in there had that really warm kind of feeling to it. But And I don't know how old it is. It's quite old building. Was it a church or something? Uh, so the, the it was city. a citadel. Yeah. What and is a citadel? A citadel, it's, so it was owned by the Salvation Army. And so it was essentially just like – this place that people were able to come and just get help. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, and, you know, like be like restored to health, which I love that it's a music venue now because it's like some beautiful acknowledgement of like the healing capacity of music in that way. Um, They've yeah. done a really good job on the place too, haven't they? It's gorgeous. Beautiful. And even being on stage and looking out and just like at the kind of architectural integrity that they've kept in the building, like – so many people roll in and just fuck up places like that, but mm. they've just kept it legit. Which the is gum leaves on the floor too when you walk in there. Oh, so no. cute. So cute. They're so cute as well. Like they're just Rosie and Bondi. They're just this like, I don't know, sort of middle-aged like sweet local couple that just bought it and have sat on it for 14 years. Wow. Just like pouring themselves into renovating it and doing all this stuff, which like would not have been cheap. That's heavy. Mm. No way. It was, yeah, it's it's not, it, they've, really it's well. nicely done, isn't it? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's like restored, like, yeah, beautifully. And just the, you could um, notice the, the, the curation that you put into making it your own last night too. <laughs> and it, like, even just from the audience, like you're saying that like there was this re reciprocal kind of vibe in the air. Everyone, well, first of all, no one was talking. It was a very captivating, you know, silent crowd with with uh, whoever you or Adam on stage. Um, but it just had this, like, yeah, beautiful feeling of, um, 
I don't know, the, the same with the, it. Was you, intimate, wasn't it? Was it was very intimate mm. and you could feel how everyone was connected in that way and, and your kind of the dynamic of you kind of talking to the crowd and like making jokes and stuff. It was so cool just to, <laughs> it, yeah, it was, it was, it was beautiful. It was, it was such a cosy and, uh, and warm night. Thank you. That's so nice to hear. It's so funny, like even you said before, um, like the difference between that and the art gallery. Obviously like not getting to curate your space and stuff is a whole different kettle of fish but um, since I went and have done these amazing courses and sat with plant medicines and stuff within that space of time between then and now, yeah, um, had this real kind of piece come through about live music in that way that I feel like there had – I had always been showing up to gigs with this real need to be validated as a musician. Like I was like, you know, I'd, I'd cajole all of my friends and I'd be like so disappointed if somebody didn't show up to support me. And because I was so like longing for validation that, you know, I, I needed that. But I had this real piece come through that was like, fuck, being a musician is like a powerful position to mm. be in and like an extremely lucky gift to have and that it's actually like my job to show up and give like I'm showing up to give to my audience kind of thing and I want people to leave with a real sense of being filled up and inspired you could you could feel the comfort that you were sitting in last night like it didn't that, that was the feeling. It was like you were just ha like having a great time, super open, like talking to people in the crowd, like ask like things that, um, you know, like I was, I was kind of thinking and, and you said it before, it's like it's so cool to see people doing their thing and that was exactly like the, the vibe and what was created last night. It's like you were just up there doing your thing, like there was no like shyness or um, – like, like even if something kind of goes off, like a bit wrong, it's like flowing with it and then making a joke from it and everyone's like, you know, it just becomes part of the experience. It was so, it's yeah. so quirky, it was quirky like that. Was but the, the music as well, it's so deep, you know, but to have that kind of like jovialness in between the songs, it kind of like releases the tension it a little does, bit. yes. Mm. So right. important. Well, that's the thing as well. Like I think that that's another part of what had come through for me in all of this learning is like, like songs are – like they're like prophecies, right? Like you can – Prayers. They are. And like words, the power of like the word that we put out into the world. And I guess like I have used songwriting for, through so much of my life as just like a means of processing my shit, which is fine and beautiful. And like, you know, there is something in that honesty that people can connect to. But I've also been really aware of, of using like – instead of like looking back and being like, oh yeah, I wrote that song to process this, being like, what do I want to create in the world? Mm. And what am I like trying to bring about? And starting to like move songwriting more toward this like, this like, yeah, avenue or like portal of like being a loving fucking person in the world and showing up with love for people and like creating songs and writing songs in a way that really speak to the like, like the beauty in the world instead yeah. of just being like, <laughs> fuck my life. The medicine's getting to you. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it we, does that. It's, it got, does a, that. it's like, got a sneaky way like, you know, medicine, Um, you know, I think has a, has a secret plan to make everyone a musician as well Yeah, fully. in some way. Like you see that over time, like people start picking up instruments and then learning the songs and – and, you know, that, that container that we're talking about, like the beauty in the container and like creating the space, you know, and, and you can feel the you can feel the music. You can almost see the music sometimes, you yeah. know. And like there was a point last night where you're like tuning, you know, you were tuning your instruments and it's like those those times in ceremony I really, I really you know, remember because we tune in between each song. Mm. So it's like that little breath between the songs, you know, when you're kind of waiting for the – you know, what, what's going to come and there is some real beauty in that as well. Mm. And I think, you know, Joe said something about that. Made Oh, you guys made a comment about that. Resonance. Um, the resonance, yeah, tu yeah, attuning the audience and, you know, everyone's kind of adjusting in their chair and getting ready and like getting it, ready to see. It's breaking down the, the barrier <laughs> between a performance and everyone being the music. Like yeah. rather than being an audience and a musician, it's like everyone is the, the like it's a, we're experiencing this together. It's not like a performance. It's like we are the, all the music here, whether you're playing or singing or not, but it's like breaking down that that kind of 
force field there and inviting everyone to participate. Yeah, for sure. And it's amazing, you know, like I'm because we've got another um, gig tonight. It's amazing thinking, I was thinking this morning about the dynamics of the audience and who's there and like what I know of the people in the audience and their stories and how that affects the way that I show up on the stage as well. Like something that I was really sitting with this morning is that amazing like interconnectedness of us all in those spaces. Mm. Like, yeah, really actually honouring the people that are there and like tailoring what you're doing to who you know is showing up for you. But, yeah, it's cool. It's like Joe was saying last night because we, we play in um, 432 so it's that love, like, love frequency, the love frequency, and um, it's just this like very very subtle change on standard tuning, which you know the whole philosophy is that, as with so many things in the world that we've been robbed of, the frequency of love is is a that's it a deep one on that sonic level, um, and yeah, it was it was amazing the first time that I uh, saw Joe play was a, a few nights before we sat with Wachuma and he was like just got up and they were like it's a sound healing we're all lying around in this crazy big sort of tent thing and Joe just starts playing and it's just that like I'd, I'd never even like understood how powerful music could be and this is like a couple of months ago I've been a musician my whole entire life and suddenly I've like connected with this person who just has this capacity to just like vibrate out that frequency and it's because he's like he's tapped into it within himself he's attuned within himself achievement yeah Yeah. and it's like that that has just been you know it's so funny so many people in my life like yeah we get it you love joe but I'm like, no, it's not even that. It's like next level. He's just been like the key to unlock this thing within me that's a new level of understanding, which is just feels so fucking exciting. Well, I'm excited to see what happens from there. Yeah, me too. Me too. We were like texting last night. We we're like, let's move to Peru. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. <laughs> like looking up places. Sacred Valley. <laughs> yeah, Sacred literally. Valley, yeah. You, can, you can get a rental for three months for like less than $2,000. Why are we not living there? Because we're living in Maloma. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave us. <laughs> or maybe we'll, we'll go along as well. <laughs> Move the shack. <laughs> yeah. Peruvian version. So, um, well, okay, we, we, we wanted to save some of the uh, – you just mentioned your, you've been a musician your whole life and you mentioned yes. something before we started recording about – a TV show. <laughs> Tell us a little bit yeah, about that. Yeah, we said save it for the pod. <laughs> uh, um, so I went on The Voice in 2013 and I was 20, 20, 21 maybe. Um, and it was an absolute shit show, as you can probably imagine. It was like absolutely nothing to do with music, absolutely everything to do with TV ratings, just like. What, like Drama. Drama. They just loved the drama and they loved me because I was very dramatic. And, uh-huh. you know, like, so I got on and I was like, um, I got, I, who did I choose? Oh, I, um, I got, I chose Joel Madden as my guy. So, you know, blah, blah, I go with Joel like Madden. Like your, your mentor thing, that, right? Is that how it works? Yeah. They train you sort of thing? Well, kind of, or but they... actually they have nothing to do with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just for TV. It's yeah. all for TV. Like it's literally just like like they'll they'll view, um, film this like sort of moment of tenderness between you and your coach, but you're just there just like honestly you've just been blown out into the centre of the universe with absolutely no support and you're just looking for anything. So they get you to this place where you're super vulnerable chuck your coach in for literally two minutes and they'll have a conversation with you where they say one nice thing and you're just like, oh, I love you. Um, but I never once did a performance I liked. Like I was so fucking shit and I was getting hammered on social media. Like people were just like, she fucking sucks, she's ugly, her tattoos are disgusting. Like No way. I was getting torn apart. Shit. People are so fucked. It was pretty <laughs> fucked. And they, you know, was we it, was this in, was this Instagram days or like Facebook just, days? Just just okay. in, like, well, no, Instagram had been around a long time, but it wasn't in its prime yet. Yeah. Okay. Um 
But like, you know, I went from like a thousand followers to 50,000 followers like immediately. Like it was still, it was still a thing that had On traction. Instagram? Yeah. Far out. And, um, but yeah, there was like, so you, they'd call you there. You'd have to be there at like 6am, but then you'd get there at 6am and you'd sit in hair and makeup for nine hours, just getting like blasted by this hectic fluorescent light, just like so layers upon layers upon layers of makeup on you. Like they bleached my eyebrows. So I had no eyebrows. No like way. I just look like an f- alien. But why are they not letting you be yourself? Because, and it's so fucked, I walked past, um, I'll probably get sued. Um, <laughs> I walked past this room and they had um, this big billboard where they had everyone's pictures on them. And then next to the pictures, they had their, like they, they were creating like a look, a or drama. You know, it was like they were creating a reality TV show. So they were like, this is you and this is your personality, and this is you and this is your personality. Like, what do you mean your personality? Like, they had, like, like dot points or, like, they had everything. Like, oh, really? Like, she's – this one's funny, quirky. She dresses like this. She does this. You know, there was, like – and then Gosh, there were all these, like, mood shots. In the, Sims. In the show. Yeah, it was. And they they took me, I guess, because, like, I was – I had coloured hair and I, I had tattoos and that was pretty far out, like, ten years ago for a girl – on TV so they were like let's make her let's like turn up the saturation on how quirky she is and I was wearing like these I was tiny as well I lost like 15 kilos if you can imagine me like 15 kilos smaller than I am now I was they put me in these like tiny sequined like bralettes and like sequined underpants and like tiny tiny short shorts and the most fucked up outfits you've ever seen high heels like this you did you didn't have any Choice in this? No, they just dress you. No way. And in my last episode, I just was like, nope, fuck off. I've already, I've got my outfit. I know what I'm, I knew I was going to get out that night. So I just wore what I wanted and that was that. But um, yeah, it was just, it was brutal. And I walked out of that experience just absolutely hating music. I was like, this industry's fucked. This, the feeling of what happened was fucked. Like, You know, I'm like on national TV doing this thing that I've always done, getting torn apart from for it, like, which I could handle if I was proud of what I was doing, but I wasn't proud of it. So, yeah. But it it kind of feels like it ruins, like, because there's a journey that needs to happen, like a hero's journey within yourself around, like, your mastery. Mm. You know, so they're kind of like manufacturing or taking people on this trip where they're like, not going through their natural evolution or process of mastery and then like twisting the perception of them of what they like what other people see them as and you kind of lose that that magic or that essence of that person even though it's still there it's like it's completely mm. fake but i think that's the sad thing about a lot of those shows is that they're not about people like they're about ratings yeah. and audience and money well <laughs> even the social media too right because it's like the algorithms favor like negative comments or like because that's what gets stuff like fired up. Yeah. So it was brutal. It can be really damaging. I, I guess and like you're not you doing could original just, music hmm? either, are you? It's all no. covers, and which means that like your capacity as an artist is diminished. Diminished. Like you can't yeah, show who you are, but you're also not going to make any money out of it because all you're doing is like even. So at the end of every episode. It's like these songs that are already pro, like have already done all this programming in their own ways and you're like re-bringing them up yep. for the audience to, it's to true. Like experience. And it's can. amazing when, when you get on the other side of it, you start to realise like, oh, okay, I was doing, you know, I'd do like a Laura Marling song and then you'd see that like Laura Marling, who I really love and respect as an artist, but you'd see that her album was coming out a month later. Mm, and, you know, like up. it's like a way of introducing, like there's so many like – fingers in so many different pies in that world it goes deep doesn't it a lot deeper than reality tv yeah and and it's not (laughs) about like the person that's actually showing up as the face of of it me for instance in that situation it's got nothing to do with you but it's so sad because they build you up in this way that make like I remember when I got through the first round that night lying in bed just being like I've made it and I will never work again I'm a musician now. This is all I'll ever do. And they sell that to you really in a big way. They really like really make you feel as if you've made it. 
And then like there's like the amount of like suicides and stuff that, that occur after these things are over behind the curtain that no one looks at. Like mm. it's gnarly. Yeah. Yeah, well that's it, isn't it? It's like the manufacturing of um, – and it's selling that dream to the people as well that are watching the shows, uh, you know, that that's the, the standard or the uh, the bar to kind of, you know, dream about even though like it's just this whole whole – but also, like, these musicians, like, you think about change that happens in the world, like, real change, real movements. Like, a lot of it happens because of musicians. So it's al- almost like taking talent that could potentially, like, change the world, like, taking them off course and feeding them to the public in a different way before they get the opportunity to do something almost. like. Yeah. But there yeah. are, like, a select few from that world who have – I mean – Actually, that's not fair. I'm sure that there's plenty of people that have been involved in those shows that keep pushing and end up, like, breaking through. But you've got some, like, really extraordinary people, like, say, Matt Corby, for instance. Like, he started on Australian Idol and has gone through this massive journey, basically, of having to, like, disappear, shake off that image. Yeah. And then come back and evolve. And and there are, like, I I do believe that. You know, people like him who, again, like I just think that his music is phenomenal. When I listen to it, it like it hits to the core of me in massive ways and I think heaps of people obviously because that's why he's so well loved. But I think the people that are meant to be in the world making a change with music will. We'll do it I don't regardless. Think that, yeah. I don't think that there's any level of like, you know, that superficial shit that could really – yeah, because they're not doing that. That's not the calling, is it? It's just kind of like a distraction or a part, uh, some sort of thing that takes you off course for a while. But eventually, you're gonna. If you're a true musician, like, and you listen to like your songs and the way you explain them, like, I'm like, oh, I'm not like, I'm not like that in that way. Like, you can feel how um, the feeling that you oh, guys are like incredible. expressing through the music, and it's like, wow, like that's like another level of like, like how do you even do that yeah. like because uh, i like, like we play whoa. music right we play music we play guitar like i, I do percussion and mm. like yeah. we sing and stuff but to write and music writing, is a whole yeah. nother trip you know it's like and and i could see like it, you know even um adam and, and yourself like the chords that you're playing like a lot of them are quite simple you mm. know but like but then you know, you're bringing in these lyrics and just the way that you're you're kind of putting it together, it just blows my mind. Because I'll sit there and try and write something, and I just like what what are you tapping into when you when you do that? Is it is it a feeling, or are you writing this? And how does it come together? Are you writing the the lyrics first, and then the music comes later, or how how does that all work? To be honest, and like I can't speak for Adam. Um, because I know that so much a part of Adam's thing is that he's such an observer. Like he, you know, like he literally pretty much got a job at Billy Nudgel Pub just to like watch people and hear their stories. Um, <laughs> and so that's that's his thing. And I think my songs are definitely a lot more like personal. Um, but to be honest, I don't really know how to answer that question because the only thing that I feel that I've always kind of known, even like when I was a little kid, I've never, ever, ever tried to be a musician. In fact, I've tried actively not to be a musician and not to be a songwriter more than I have tried to be. Well, I'm glad it didn't work. Yeah. (laughs) But I think that so much of what it is for me is just getting out of the way. Like I think that for whatever reason, this is why I'm here and for whatever's like, you know, come through or is coming through or whatever's yet to happen or has happened or whatever I know that that this is why I'm here and songs come to me just like that Mm. it's like I'll be literally like lying in bed half asleep and then I'll just be like boom and it's there and I sit down and they come in five minutes and then like full downloads that's what like we all do that in our own like you do that too but just not with music I usually am sleeping like yeah. I'll be like lying there just sleeping. Tom's got so many photos. I was looking through the drive the other day looking for photos. Tom's always taking photos of me just like sleeping. Then I'll In just the wake up sleep creating. <laughs> yeah, no, just like I just, I'll Wakes be working up. on something and I'll just go and lie down and then like I'll be in a really weird like position like on the side of the couch or like on the floor or whatever. 
And then I'll wake up and I'll go, I've got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's get moving. <laughs> <laughs> Which like, don't you think, I guess the commonality like between the three of us in that sense is just like an openness to, to life in a way. Like I, I just feel like that's how I've always lived my life is just like, yes, I'm here. Yes. What next? Mm. Where am I going? What's mm. happening? Like I think when you're open to life in that way, and, and you're open to all the possibilities of all the realms and all the fucking dimensions and all that shit. Like I feel like you become able to be a portal in that way mm. and that is what it feels like to me. Like even when I was a little kid um, I used to go busking on the Corso in Manly, on Manly Beachfront and people would just come and sit and like sit around me and just cry like constantly Every time I do it, there'd just be someone wow. or many people sitting around crying. And still, I don't think I've ever played a gig where people don't end up in tears. And I think that like, but that's, it's not me. And like, I don't ever want to take full credit for it because I'm just living. I've just had this life. I've had these experiences. I've like, you know, done work to process them in a way that I can get up and share really personal things and be okay. But that's it, right? Like that's like that's how you that's how you become a, a channel. That's yeah. it, exactly it. It's channeling. It's channeling from the potential, you know, from the field through you as the channel out in and expressing it through some form of creativity. And like that's what humans I think are desire like that's what we're meant to do here, you know. And everyone has that calling. Like anyone can do it. Mm. Their own version of it, whether it's like art or food or I don't know. Podcasts. Yeah, podcasts. Like so, like we all have this <laughs> ability to get out of the thinking brain and just open up to whatever it is that comes through and, and things start to be created. And it's, um, you know, Ooh. and just kind of talking about <laughs> going back to what we are talking about just five minutes ago is like how we're sort of taken off that path uh, from a young age or, or later in life or whenever, you know, you're not really taught that you're inherently creative and you have this this ability well, it gets beaten out of you really doesn't to, to channel like amazing things that can affect all you know and if everyone was like you're saying like if you're doing it then it, it affects the people that are in that resonance or even in that physical distance from you and that changes their frequency and and it ripples out but you know it's well it, the critical mind gets in the way doesn't it like the the judgments and things of yourself and the comparing and we've talked a bit about that on the podcast but like as well, I think there's some tools you can use to kind of shut that down in a way. Like we like the work that we do is is in transformation design. We do collaboration design where we bring, you know, groups of people in to do complex problem solving, right? And like we do a three day event where, you know, it's a mission critical problem. Like this thing needs to get solved. And like we work people like there's no breaks. You're going from the morning to the till the afternoon every day, and then by the third day, you know, second or third day, people are so tired. So, but that tiredness is part of the the tool to shut off that yep. part of the brain that's like resisting and and criticizing, and it, and that, that that's when excuses. things really start to flow. Yeah. So it's all part of it, and it's well, magic it, when it happens. It's even that you know, like it's that. Um, that that thing that we have not been allowed to believe is that, yeah, oh, look at this like actual somatic experience that we're having in the world. Like, no, you're not just tired. What's underneath your tiredness? What's underneath your fucking cancer? Like what's underneath like everything that's going on for you as like a mind, body, spirit? But we've been like kept so fucking teeny tiny in this way of very like, physical, isn't it? Yeah. Like, oh no, you've, you've got a sore back. And it, and it's like the most offensive thing in the entire world you could say to someone with a sore back, like what else is going on? Yeah. You know, like what else is there that you're not looking at? What else is there? But yeah, we've been kept so small, like from such a tiny age, like and especially as women, like taught that your intuition is like, what's an intuition? That's like, like don't mess with that magic. shit though. That shit is crazy intuition. Like yeah. when you're tapped into it, exactly it's full power. And that's the thing, you know, like I, which you know, sort of 
is is the the thread that ties all of this stuff together is just this like oh fuck what was I about to say it was profound intuition intuition the thread well it's well the it's like the um yeah the thing it's like the space between right it's like the energy that's connecting everything together and you're like kind of tapping into a field it you can't is that is this kind of where you're getting at yeah I guess and but also just the like I think what has happened for me recently and and what feels like just this huge paradigm shift like it, it sounds like a lot of the work I've been doing and the work that you guys are doing is very similar like there are these like very simple concepts for how you live your life right like it's like like you were saying before like we're all walking around with this like massive judgment on ourselves and on everyone else and it's this way to keep us all separate mm, yeah. because if we really settle in and acknowledge our connectedness which is why like music is so powerful because it goes beneath all the shit that that is a is happening, you know. They're trying to keep us separate, but music connects us. Psychedelics. Psychedelics connect us. That's like, like the ultimate, like seeing, the, like literally how every, like even the most innate objects become something alive and connected to life. And it's like, oh, you know, like when you understand that stuff, it just changes your. Speaks. It, yeah, everything speaks. It's just like when you start to understand these things, it's like, oh, like life just ch- totally changes your perspectives. Like, and yep. that's what, but that's like the essence of life. Like that's what is, if everyone was tapping into that, it's like what kind of world would be, we be, we'd be living in? Fully. It'd be so different. It'd be so beautiful, so empowered and so connected, but we're not. We're so fractured and separated and, you know, it's sad. By design. <laughs> By design. By design, yeah. Which yes. is why I fucking love being a musician because it, it goes deeper than that. You know, yeah. like you get... It's one of the those ways, like, you know, you can play in a frequency of love. You can actually tune your guitar to play love at people. People don't know it. They're just sitting there being like, that sounds so nice. But on another level, you're getting them. And so I think that's what's so cool about it. It is super cool. Like the music like that you get, that you're playing last night, like some of those themes are so sad, you know, like that you can you can see, you know, where they've come. But I was actually just smiling because I'm like, I just get this. Like I've been to that place. I understand it. Yeah. And you just, yeah, like it, it's a feeling more than it's it's a vibrational thing, as well more than the more than the words. But you can really, I can really feel where you went, and there was I can re- I can really felt connected to you in that. And if you weren't, you know, if you hadn't, like whatever it may be, some thing in your life, traumatic or, or great or whatever, if you don't process them through some form, they, they get blocked as well, right? Like, yeah. and, then and they become the cancer or the that's yeah, right. energetic like block you in your body. process them and then you can then transmute that energy into something healing and then you yeah. spread that out through vibration and everyone receives it. And it's like, whoa, that's... Well, that's it. You know, I feel like we have this real culture of like needing to go into your trauma and stay there. Like it's like... You or know, it becomes part of your it, identity. Like, I've got PTSD. Oh, I've got this. Well, like, which is not to say that these things aren't real. You know, like, yes, people are walking around with. You get called, uh, you get labelled like well, something, like an addict of some well, what, sort. Or, what about this? Like, I've been doing some of this work on my posture and, and you know, healing a lot of things. It's actually it's actually having this whole chemical impact on my body because my everything, all my organs and everything are starting to sit properly. But I was talking to someone who does this work the other day and they were talking about they were working with some people to fix things. They were on like pay, um, government payments <clears throat> and then they, ha- they came to him and they're like, no, 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 we have to stop, we have to stop. And he's like, well, why? And they're like, oh, no, but we can't fix this stuff because then, we'll then we're going to lose our payments. payments. Yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> come so on guys. Like, what? <laughs> Yeah. But that's the thing. I think that like the, the reason that I find it so easy to get up on stage and, and probably the reason that you're sitting there listening to this like fucked up song about my brother dying, but smiling it's is like, amazing. because I've gone into it and I've, I've like literally duplicated the trauma and then I've freed it out and, and let it not let it go you know of course it's sad of course i love my brother of course i miss my brother but it feels healed for me and i my relationship with him is like beautiful healed continuous it wasn't at the point that he died but we've done the work to fix it 
And so now it's like, cool, when you free your own trauma, you, you create space for other people's trauma to come in and be freed. Mm. Yeah. And it feels joyous to me. Like when people come up and they're like, fuck, that song just really shifted something in me. I'm like, fuck yeah. That's it, isn't That's it? That's it. It's like the people that are maybe not at that uh, point of a process of healing or, and then they do experience someone like you sharing something so open, which is the tipping point or, or that missing piece of their, or in their, or the next piece needed in their journey to fully, you know, step through into the next, the next phase of the, of the healing. So yeah, it's very, it's very powerful like that. But the, the mm. in the ceremony too, you know, working with, with ceremony and um, different plant teachers, it's like the, the m- music is half of the medicine. It's like, it doesn't, medicine doesn't work. Well, the plants don't work without the music. The songs have come from the plants. Oh, they work yeah. together. It's like, you you know when you're sitting with someone that really knows how to listen to the medicine and what songs to play and how to drive the ceremony with the music. Yeah. And the healing really comes from the music. So it's, it's well, incredible. It's, it like accelerates something, doesn't it? You know, like yeah. dependent on what, what you're sitting with. There's like, you know, there's a point where the drums will come in and, and it's like, oh, okay. Moving something, hey. Yeah, something's shifting. Something's like... Yeah, it's amazing. I went away. Have you guys um, have you guys ever heard of Darpan before? Yeah, yeah, we've yeah. heard of Darpan. So I went on. He's, he lives up here, doesn't he? Or yeah, like... he lives in Wilson's Creek. Yeah. Um, I went away with Darpan recently for one of my friend's birthdays and he's just the most beautiful man. Like he's. He's like, um, he's like a lion or something. I don't know. Like he walks into a room with just this like huge energy. It's like pretty full on. Um, he's got the most beautiful smile and his voice. He's got this like really deep, amazing voice. Um, and he's a musician and has been for a long time. He's gone through just this like roller coaster of different like in a rock band, in a this, in a yeah. blah, blah, blah. And now he writes this beautiful medicine music. I'd just gone into the studio to try and start recording, which has like been a huge block for me. And I didn't have the experience I was hoping for and kind of came out of it and I was like just really searching myself, just like someone. My searching though has always been this sort of like, here's my problems, can you take them and sort them out for me and then give it back to me when someone else has sorted it out. Mm. Like I was like so doesn't really work like that, does it? Doesn't work like that. (laughs) And so I kept going to Darfan and I was like, what? Like like I, all I want to do is write music that heals people. But like, I feel like everybody that starts on that path ends up making the same music and I don't really understand why. And he was like, just go fucking sit with Wachuma and just chill out, you know, like stop getting all up in your head about it. Came out of it and at the end of the ceremony, Joe and I just end up naturally sort of playing music for everyone. And I got it, you know, it was just yeah. like this moment of it clicking where I was like, you know, the the universe had been humming along on this frequency and I'd just been sort of like sitting down here and just not quite knowing what my place was and it just sort of elevated me up to yeah. this like, okay, Are you locked in? Now I'm in. And Joe and I are just like, you know, obviously in the 3D sitting in this tent physically playing music for people but we're like dancing in the ether together in this most beautiful way someone that I've never met before but you know like I I finally understood the interconnectedness finally understood the power of music like you know my life actually and it's not just the medicine of course it's like so much of the teaching around the medicine but my life changed Mm. in an instant it's like it's amazing and it blows my mind really that we have access to this all humans have access to it but so few ever get it. Mm. It's quite wild. Well, there's been there's been a war on it, really, isn't there? You know, psychedelics in general, but which is great. Like, you know, if you go out to the forest, it's like like um, psilocybin mushrooms, magic mushrooms are illegal. They're illegal. Mm. But they but they're grow everywhere. In the forest. And they grow in the grass. They're they literally here, like unmessed with here. nature. <laughs> and it's a, it's like, what point does it become illegal? And it's like, that's the craziest concept. Like you could be walking through a paddock and there's some mushrooms there. That's legal. But Reach down and yeah, start touching illegal. them. Touch, illegal. Illegal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
like, and you know, that's, and even like when you start to learn about all this stuff, it's like across the whole world, most or everywhere that I've sort of like looked into, um, there's been psychedelics everywhere across the world. It's yeah, like it's a part, part of, of hu- being a part human of being. Human. Yeah, it's like a, it's a, it's one way of tapping into the that natural area, you know, that that place because you know, and if you do these different medicines, you feel the connection to where that medicine's from. Like if it's from the Amazon or if it's, you know, like it's yeah. like a cactus or whatever, it has these different, like you're connecting with that force of nature through that that plant. And it's, again, like creating that connection realisation, which is uh, which is the, the war of, you know, it's like the war on psychedelics, but it's like the war on... On programming, <laughs> on all the work yeah. we've done to program your mind. Now Fully. don't go and fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's crazy, isn't it? And I think that like, because uh, like, you know, I'm pretty honest and I just like talk pretty freely about whatever I'm thinking. It's amazing being out in the world and talking about psychedelics, how much resistance there is, you know, like even the programming against it is very strong. Very strong. Yeah, you get called a lunatic. Like, oh, don't. Yeah. Do You're going to go crazy. But it's quite wild. And and I I think that it's not for the faint-hearted. Like that journey is like, like I think it is for everyone. But if you want to be that blind, then – don't yeah. take psychedelics because they're gonna. It's gonna unravel. Yeah. But the you thing, know? the thing is with it though, there needs to be integration and things like that. You know, you do see people getting really like, you know, in a cycle with it. Like in the way that you're saying, like, oh, this is gonna fix me. This is gonna. Yeah, here's my problem. Here, here's mm. the. St- I'm gonna go there and it's gonna. I'm gonna be healed. Yeah. But it's like the real ceremony happens when the ceremony ends. When you have to go back into life and integrate and let go of old patterns and actually, you know, bring it, – it just it's just like having a torch that goes in and shines the light on the dark. Yeah, absolutely. And then you go, okay, cool, well, I know what I need Maybe to do now. post-it notes for later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is probably why, you know, like – and I know that this is the case for me, like to have to have sat it in, in actual proper ceremony with proper – Facilitators. Proper facilitators who are there – who have your back, but also the, when I did it, I sat through 10 days of like, you know, this sort of transpersonal transformation course Mm. with it. So you're being given these like. Integration tools. Yeah. And, and even when, so this last time that I sat with the medicine, it was the first time that I ever really understood what it meant to drop into spirit and go to work. Like, you know, to actually go and do the work in the spirit realm. I literally walked into the forest with, I had a bag because, because we'd been doing all of this work and it's quite intense. There's a lot of sharing. There's a lot coming up. You don't have your phone. You don't have, you know, you're there with a bunch of people you've never met before and you're sharing these like intimate details of your life. So by the time it got to ceremony, I was like, I'm really tired of this fucking work. I took a hammock. I took a box of chocolates. I took a blankie. I took a, a pillow, like, I was like, I'm just going to go have a chill and just like make love to a flower or something. Just like, it's going to be the best. And I got in and as soon as like the medicine was with me, all I could do was like crawl to the altar, all these amazing, um, you know, like like articles on the altar of Wachuma, staring up at the, this beautiful like Wachumero woman who's serving the medicine and, you know, I, I was just like getting my bearings and then I basically just rolled over into the dirt. I was on the hearth. The fire was sort of next to me. I was in between the fire and the altar and I was in the dirt that was covered in leaf litter and I just went to work on my family. I've had this like really fucked up family dynamic my whole life, a lot of drugs, a lot of like, yeah, like death and sadness and and disconnectedness and I just went in on a spirit level with every single member of my family one by one Mm. and made physical space for them on the ground cleared the leaf litter brought them there with me and went to work and that's what that shit is for you know it's got a bad rap because you got you know kids who, who don't understand the ceremony of it yet and who aren't being facilitated properly, going into it on their own at a party and putting themselves in a really vulnerable position. Mm. 
it's not the medicine's fault, it's the circumstance. Yeah. We need to like, you know, be making sure that that we have these amazing containers and that we have the actual tools that we need for when we go in. So when I'm in the spirit world in that way, I was like referring back into these these concepts which you know, I was learning, but I was just actually remembering mm. in my heart because they're things that we all have access to. Just like, you know, things that are as simple as decision-making, you know. So when I'm in in that space where I'm with the medicine, I've got all the tools that I need to go to work on my family. And honestly, like coming out of it, like you said before, when the work actually begins, when you get home and like my dad's really annoying and like, you know, all up in my grill or whatever it is, <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, no, I've done this. I've, we've, I've gone here with you. I'm okay. And I've, I've been able to actually come into my family and, have, and integrate that work in a way that I never could have before. Yeah. No. It's amazing. But that's the power that's of those things. Yeah, it's like you're... Like I'm, yeah, I've definitely can relate to that, that experience. Like you know, like feeling, the almost like the things, the things that you're triggered by in other people, particularly your family, going and then feeling why they're tri- like what their traumas are, and then finding this like sense of understanding where you're like, oh, you know, you can, you can, and then that's it. It's like you can sort of work on it to transmute the way that. It's all sort of like existing in this realm right now. It's like empathy, empathy, right? For why that, why they have that thing that triggers you. Yeah, because you have a you have an understanding of how they got there. Yes, and yeah, it's like empathy and compassion, and and then you can have compassion for it rather for these things being a triggering thing that then you're kind of left to uh, like left unresolved in you that then you kind of pass on to the people or your children, you know, as well. So yeah, it's full on. It's like a but yeah, it's like a technology though, isn't it? It's like yeah. this, like, like, it's like it's years real. and years like of therapy, therapy, yeah. and like one night. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> and that's the thing I've done so much. Everything, every, like kinesiology, therapy. I've done it all, and I've been miserable and super depressed my whole life, and none of it's ever shifted anything until this. And it's like. You know, I, I wake up still every day being like, maybe today's the day I go back to being depressed and miserable and it never is. But you do seem different. Like you do seem sparkly since you've been back. No, honestly, because like that, I, like we, we saw your show at the gallery, you yeah, know, and it was a, a very a... different mood. I know it wasn't you didn't create that container, but like you seem different. Like in your eyes as well, you look clearer. Like mm. you... Yeah, so I can we can I can see that. Thank you. Do you know what I think that the coolest thing about it is though? I reckon before I was like, you know, I'm like a bit of a party girl. I love to have a good time, <laughs> and I was like going to parties and just like you know whatever I was drinking and just having a good time, taking drugs, whatever, whatever. And I I was out of control though. It was like oh, yeah, you oh you're giving me that cool thanks oh yeah okay whatever. I was never actually making any of the decisions myself. I was just floundering. Mm. And I've come out of this experience just being like, I don't need a drink and I don't need drugs. I don't need like any of this like, you know, man-made shit. Like I respect these amazing medicines and I respect that they belong in this container and I want to use them for progress, not going backwards. Mm. So... Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely shifted something, and and you know, obviously the like, the outcome of that is just having a healthier like physical being that gets to show up every day that feels way better. Yeah, you keep you you don't go out of tune as easily when you're keeping your you know you you're looking after your instruments. Yeah, it's true. Same same Good thing. Good one. Right? Actually, brought it back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you know, that's a massive world. That too, you know, like just what you're saying before. Oh, you know, when you start going down that road playing music, medicine, music, it all ends up being a certain way. It's just. I don't know how far deep you've gone down the rabbit hole with the medicine music, but it's a big world and there's, it's so diverse. Mm. You know, even one type, type of plant medicine, just the expression of it, like 
the t- different types of music. Uh, we we can share some with you. It is so wild how yeah, how diverse that. it is, you know, because you've got like if you think about Aya, for example, you've got like Brazil, you've got indigenous, you know, Brazil. Peru. You've got all the different tribes within the Amazon that have their own unique kind of musics. Then you have like the, the Peruvian style. <laughs> then you have the Santa Daime, which is like the the Christian Cap- church like, yeah. like that that that's drinks and medicine and they have their own type of music which is like was downloaded by this guy um Mestre Erinil there's like I don't know how many songs but it the sounds cuisine. like it sounds like country western Fuck like yeah. it's In so it's amazing with it's so good and they 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 have a very unique way of shaking like and they and they what's it called um the, they, uh, they spin like the bo- uh, no, not balada. Uh, um, yeah. I don't know. But it's but very regimented. It's very like mm. show up, do your work. Everything's on point. You don't like it's very like disciplined. Keeping yourself disciplined. Yeah. yeah. It's like not like getting all oh, lost. It's in. incredible. It's like showing up. You know, being like being present. Yeah. Which is hard on you know. So there's all these yeah. there's all these expressions you know which we can share with you because it's like yeah. it's a it's a big it's a big world out See, there with that. I'm so fascinated by that. That this is a thing like, like I was saying before, like when the Wajuma sort of first was with me, I just like went to the altar and I was like, oh, it feels like I have this is, you know, my history like this is like my ancestry or something like which is you know it is for all of us but it's that um I feel so fascinated and like so eager to kind of like learn and like listen to that sort of stuff and come to understand it because it's so what I feel called to it's going your music is going to evolve so much from you know tapping into that it's going to be so interesting to see where that goes yeah yeah so curious (laughs) I'd love to (laughs) <laughs> I'd love to. Yeah, it's cool. It's that um, – that's what feels fun at the moment. It feels that, like there's a lot of play. There's yeah. a lot of room for, like, joy in all of this stuff um, in playing music and, yeah, I'm just, like, excited about life. That's cool, you that's know. That's exciting. When you are that way and you and you show up that way every day, it's just, like, you just become, like, a magnet. Like, it's like you guys. Like, I get to, like – magnetized to these people who are in such close proximity to me and we get to like do cool shit together it's great and there's a lot of cool people around Melbourne. yeah there's just so many epic humans around here like we keep meeting them you know maybe because we're magnetizing too but it's like there's no shortage no <laughs> yeah well i mean isn't everyone fucking amazing well, yeah really yeah. i think that's the thing it's like we're all amazing phenomenal like powerful creators and I think what happens up here is that there's just a great deal of permission. You're, you're, we're allowed to be. Yeah. It's not a big city. It's a small town. We kind of get together and we mm. can talk and plan protests and, you know, like we, we do all this shit. We're good at it. <laughs> and because people have left, well, for me anyway, it's like you leave Sydney or a place like that because of it not being like that and going yeah. to somewhere to act, mm. yeah, like for that intention. So, And this fucking caldera, like – that is powerful volcano energy here. Like there's, you come here to go off, you know, to like explode into what you're meant to be doing. The land <laughs> supports it. You've got this crazy big mountain just watching us. Like you've got this amazing like huge river like swelling and it's amazing. It's very alive, isn't it? It's, it's like alive. very, very, um, yeah, it's just like got this powerful energy like kind of and just the way that the, the like throughout one day, like how everything sort of changes as different modes of the day, it goes from clear and then it suddenly like have these like whoosh, takes a turn really quick. Like there's a lot of, there's a, it's like, a, yeah, it's like around the mountain there's like a big force field, isn't there, that mm. kind of just swells around and circulates. It's full of crystals, isn't it? The, the Oh, this whole area is. It's wild. You should see some of the – I live in Crystal Creek and um, – the creek lives up to its name. There's these like <laughs> massive thunder eggs. Wow. You just go like hunting through there and you crack these things open and they're just like entire universes within themselves. Like wow. it's the most amazing area. Australia's just like <laughs> off Next that. level, isn't it? It's amazing. It's no wonder like Australia cops it on like a, all these other levels because it's such a powerful place. Yeah. Amazing. The land is amazing. Like 
our people are amazing. Our native people are amazing. Like yeah. so much wisdom. I'm so glad much. we. I'm glad we decolonized the shack today and yeah. got the got the proper map up there or yeah. a version I of guess it. It's anyway, still a, it's still a map though. It's still <laughs> a map. It's still a map. But uh, we're working on it. We've got to we've got to find the right one. But uh, it's a it's an iteration. <laughs> yeah. You okay. need to you need to get moving to the show tonight, right? I do. Is there, much, is there much to prepare? Is the stage is still set up as, as it was last night or is it a new? No, stage is still set except I um, I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, I, I really need another outfit. I've got, <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> I've got two. So I had two outfit change, like an outfit change last night. So I had two costumes last night. And then um, I only have one left for tonight and I didn't, I was going to repeat one, but then I was like, oh, but the people, I just want the people to be surprised. Um, so I need to go. But really, you just want that's, that's an extra awesome. outfit. That, that's, also, <laughs> that's that's what was also an awesome part of the show. It was like you're just like, um, like shamelessly like changing outfits and commenting like and commenting on it. So everyone's like aware of like. No, but you. But I think people know you for yeah, the clothes, right? You know, like, like yeah, you like, and you and Banjo are always looking so fresh. Yeah, like, the team. Yeah, it's, and, and Reese too. You know, I, I made a comment to Reese the other day. I'm like, oh, you know, you look so fresh. I was like, oh, how's that shown? I go, you must have the biggest biggest wardrobe. He's like, no, 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 you're talking about Hannah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. When we lived together, it was like, I mean, anywhere I've ever lived, my wardrobe is the biggest problem because it's like where do you put that magnitude <laughs> it's ridiculous. I think I saw a photo on your Instagram recently saying something about it with a photo of just like this huge oh, wall of That's <laughs> like not even a quarter of it. Like <laughs> we, I've been like constantly renovating this like tiny space that I have. I basically am going to buy a shipping container and turn it into a walk-in wardrobe because wow, it's just cool. like actually obscene. But I was talking to someone the other day and they were like, do you do it for attention? Like do you dress up all the time for attention? And I was like. I actually had to sit with it and be like, why do I do it? I just fucking love it. Like yeah, why not? When I'm, it's expression. Yeah, when I'm yeah. in an outfit that I know is popping, I'm like, yeah. fuck yeah. You got this, girl. I know that feeling. <laughs> it is, there but is a part, like clothes are such an expression. Like when you got, like when you're feeling good and you got fresh shit on, you're just like, fuck yeah. But I, like walking around. I'm cooling. the opposite to that though. I, I like, I like to have fresh stuff, but I, I like to have minimal stuff. I don't like to have to make the decisions. But you love getting new, like when you've got your fresh stuff. You're yeah, like, fresh stuff. But yeah. I buy stuff that like I'll wear to the death, like the same pair of jeans, like just, you know, I'll, I, I wear the same shit every day pretty much. Same. I mean, we're, we're the same. same. <laughs> Sometimes Tom and I, we wash our clothes and it's on the washing line. We don't know whose shit's yeah. what. <laughs> it's actually so funny. I have like this very distinct memory shirts. of the first time that I saw Tom in town. Um, I think you're wearing like like red, so- oh no, maybe like, fuck, yellow socks. That looks like Rick's, but it was just this like very, um, like I love when people's outfits have like character, like you have a character in the way that you dress. It's like, there's always a hat that's got some funny something on it. There's always socks and Crocs and like oh <laughs> shorts and a flannel. <laughs> and it, it, I just remember the first time I saw you, I was like, oh, oh, who's that guy? <laughs> oh. Cool, a cool person in town, but now there's heaps of them. Yeah, sorry. Keith, Keith's is the epicenter. It's where all the cool, cool cats congregate, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I worked there. That was my like. That's how I became a local, working there like five years ago or something. It is. It's the hub. The social. They, hub. they curate the environment there too, very carefully, don't they? With yeah. The music and everything, like you can feel, like they really tap into the crowd and the and the vibe of what's going on in there. Yeah. Very clever. Yeah, I love them. It's um it's a it's a real blessing to a town like this. I think it's like it was the the inaugural spin of the Catalyst. wheel that yeah. yeah that is probably why we're all kind of here, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Put it on the map a little bit. Definitely. Well, uh we would tell the listeners to get tickets for tonight, <laughs> but A it's sold out and B you won't hear this until the show's already over. So too bad. But is there anything else in the pipeline that people should be aware of? Um, Joe and I are playing the Byron Bay Surf Festival closing festival. Something, oh, yeah. something. Is that the one they have on the beach? Like, no, oh. it's at um, Secret Garden in 
Byron. Okay. I don't really know that much about it though. I don't know if it's a ticketed thing or if it's just like a bougie like surf people thing. Mm-hmm. Um, When's that? So that is on the 11th of September. Joe and I also have a gig on the 28th of this month, so a couple of weekends time, um, in Mullumbimby. We're doing like a funny – you guys would love it actually. We're, We're kind at. of – it's at this place called the uh, like the Yoga Barn or something. Um, it's There's a link to it on my uh, Instagram. What's your Insta handle? Hannah underscore underscore darling. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> double underscore. Double underscore. Um but, yeah, we're doing this just, like, sound journey. We don't really know what we're doing. We're kind of just going to show up and play okay. together and and then we're just going to open the space for every, anyone to share, like, medicine music. We're kind of well, like – Well, we should go, Tom. You yeah, should come. Let's, let's go. Play some Santa Daimi music. Yeah, that would be <laughs> epic. We're really keen. We're just, like – Joe and I want to start doing a bit of, um, like, development with artists and kind of – helping people kind of come in and develop their, their music and their kind of capacity to show up as musicians. Um, so, yeah, this is kind of the beginning of it. We're just opening the space for people to come in and start sharing. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, that and, yeah, I mean, like I said last night, I'm going to be releasing an album of country duets. That's so cool. Really soon. So, yeah, keep an eye out. Just follow me on Instagram. Be friends with me. Do you have Double a Spotify or anything? No, I don't. And please don't look up Spotify because all you'll get is um, the voice stuff. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's terrible. We will look that up maybe. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just I'm whatever you do, don't YouTube stuff. it. Like, did I? Like I'm trying to remember if I saw any episodes of The Voice in 2013. I'm, I don't think I made That would be a very I specific don't watch TV. Memory. I don't yeah, well, that was. There was a whole drama because I, I um, didn't even know what I was doing in 2013. I was on it with a guy. I, I started dating a guy on it. We'd known each other for a long time, but kind of, you know, re met there and started dating. And um, then we like lived in the same. He he lived in the same building as Delta Goodrum, who was one of the judges, and. Like we were like he and I were like publicly dating on the show, and then there was this like paparazzi shot of him walking out of the building with Delta and they were like, it was in Women's Day, oh it was like gosh. love triangle, Hannah Darling, Delta <sighs> oh, Goodrum and Danny Ross. They can't help themselves, blah, blah, blah. can they? Yeah. So there was like all this like drama and like ah uh, around it. It was really funny. Um, but, yeah, so when you look it up you'll see some <laughs> funny <Yeah>. things. Yes, but more excited to see what comes from here on out, yeah, that's for me sure. Too. <laughs> and seeing how things progress. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be staying tuned. Can't wait for the album. Yeah, me too. Duets. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks no for um, oh, so good. having such an epic little space in town. Yeah, and if you, if you think of anyone that, you know, should, should come on, get into the shack. I am actually already thinking of heaps of people. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah, nice. Yeah. There's some, like, really fucking cool conversations I reckon you'd have. There's this lady who lives around here somewhere um, and she's a death doula. Oh, yeah. It's not – you're not talking about Amy Lou, are you? No. We're having her, her on here, yeah. Well, there's a few. There's this she's other lady named Zenith who's, like, the Lord Mayor of all things death. And then there's this other lady who has this thing called Paperbark Death Care. Oh, wow. And I just – a couple of weeks ago um, – Oh, it was probably more than a couple of weeks ago. I got this call from – or just like I came out of one of these courses. So I've been – I did the like the long sort of 10-day course and then I've gone back and done these like weekend intensives with them quite a few times since then. And I came out of one of them to a message saying like, you know, we'd, I'd love to get you to come and play some music for our family. And I kind of knew the backstory like this, this woman – her husband was dying. He had a brain tumour and he'd been dying. Like it had been this huge process of her like being his death guardian. Mm. And um, and they had – they've got four kids, little, really little kids. They're all kind of like seven and under. And um, so she was – she'd asked if I would share some music with them and I kind of just had no idea what that meant. Like I was like – do you want me to come put on a concert? Like, do you want me to play my music? Do you want me to play music the kids are going to like? Like, uh. and on the way I just went and was like, fuck, I'll just go pick up some like sound bowls 
and that just felt the most appropriate thing to do. So I went and picked up this full set of um, crystal bowls and got there and sort of met everyone and then I was like, can I meet your husband? She was like, yeah, and she took me into the room and he had died. He'd been there for like I think it was the third day after he died and so he was just lying there in the most – it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Like the whole room was just full of um, these big beeswax pillar candles burning so the smell was just this like amazing beeswax, amazing flower arrangements everywhere and there was – Sorry. Um, a big, like, you know, photo shrine and all the pictures that the kids had drawn. And I just sort of just sat with his body for a while and um, and then set up the crystal bowls and just sang to him. And then his wife came and lay beside him and I just sang to them mm. and played the crystal bowls. And it was, like, honestly the most beautiful thing that I've ever experienced oh. in my whole entire life. But this amazing woman... Um, the paperback death care had sort of shepherded this whole experience for them and their family. So beautiful, isn't it? It's, it's amazing. Like it's, it's such a taboo thing, but it's it's so part of being human and it's so hidden away. But it's there is a it's lot another, of beauty in it. It's another rite of passage, isn't yeah. it? Really? Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It's a, yeah, it's a beginning as well for everyone involved. Yeah, I reckon that'd be a cool one cool. for you guys. Okay. Well. Stay tuned for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a very long closing segment. <laughs> no, no, that's good. That's um. Yeah, well, that's it. We'll that's stay good. stay tuned for weekly episodes. Weekly, like and week, subscribe. Like and subscribe and share. And share. And click notifications so you stay up to date because we're going to have some popping guests as always. From and here turn on, on notifications. That's the thing people turn need on. to do now. Turn them on. <laughs> turn them on, yeah. yeah. And uh, the other thing that would be very good to do is if you do enjoy this uh, podcast is to screenshot it and give it a share on your story on Insta or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Let's get it out there. Get it out there. So hell you yeah. Can, yeah, hell yeah. Joe Rogan, we're coming for you. I mean, yeah, you're coming out, for Joel. us. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and you can follow Design On Purpose on Instagram. Design on purpose, TikTok, like we said at the beginning, TikToking. And uh, Spotify, if you're on YouTube, or and vice versa, if you're on Spotify, you can also watch the video on YouTube. So and the telegram. The telegram. My face is as sexy as my voice. <laughs> That's another Check reel. it out. <laughs> Cut that, click that. <laughs> and uh, what else? And of course, WordPlay Studio, you can follow us on uh, LinkedIn, our company's uh, page. And Instagram too. Until next time, eh? Until next time. Thanks for having me. Thanks again. Thank you.